Hello, my name is Lika Gay and welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia might be familiar names on any list of fragile states. But what about countries like South Korea, Singapore or even Spain? There was a time not so long ago when these latter countries were thought to be in danger of failing to meet the most basic responsibilities of a nation-state. The features of a fragile state can include political and economic instability, poverty, civil disorder, terrorism, human trafficking, disease or all of the above. But perhaps more importantly, how do fragile states move toward fully functioning nations which meet the aspiration of its people? Claire Lockhart of the Institute of State Effectiveness thinks she has some answers. But first, she explains how to identify a fragile state. The definition of a functioning state is a state that can perform 10 functions, and this is based on interviews with citizens around the world. The first of these is the monopoly on the means of violence, or the legitimate monopoly on the means of violence, and that was the one that was traditionally the definition of the state. But what we're finding today is that real legitimacy comes not only from that function, but the way the state performs another set of functions, um, managing the public finances in a sound way. Uh, investment in human capital, managing infrastructure services, uh, how it approaches the rule of law, whether the rulers themselves are subject to the rule of law, um, and how it manages the assets of, of the state. So not only the, the natural capital, the minerals, or the water, or the forestry, um, but some of the intangible assets of the state, like the way that it manages monopolies and licenses. And so a functioning state are ones where those functions are working well, not only individually, but the way that they interconnect with each other. And a state that is fragile or isn't serving its population are ones where one or more of those factors have really eroded or aren't being performed properly. So given this definition of what constitutes a failed or fragile state, approximately how many such states exist today? I think that really depends how you measure them and how you count. And there have been a proliferation of different indices. And depending on which one you use, um, it's somewhere between 30 and 60 in, in the world today. But I think as we're discovering, and especially since the financial and fiscal crisis of the recent years, that governance is an issue for countries everywhere. So a lot of the questions of, of failure of the state to manage the economy and so on um, are not confined to one set of countries. They really are universal issues. So what are the priorities for fragile states if they want to transition beyond their fragile status? So I think there are several lessons that come out. Um, in the cases that we've looked at, um, one of the key lessons is establishing security first. You know, when there's insecurity, the key demand of citizens is for security. I mean, as, as somebody put it to me, we can't think of anything else if we don't think we can walk to the bread shop at the end of the road without getting shot in the back of the head. So it's that real first need for to be safe and secure and one's family to be safe and secure. So the, the reformers who really have done their transitions right, they did focus first on establishing security, but we also need know that it's a, it's a cycle. It can be a vicious cycle or it can be a virtuous cycle of establishing security. So what else did they do? I think they took a really systematic approach to institution building. Um, they didn't try and create a, a Western state overnight or maybe even at all, but they really thought about what institutions do they need and which policy areas do they need to foc focus on first and what can wait till later. And at the heart of this was building the human capital, investing in the people of the country with the right skill sets um, to equip the country. So it was a question of mapping out, you know, how many engineers do they need? How many doctors? How many teachers? How many accountants? And really in making sure that it was the people from their country who were equipped with those skill sets rather than relying on um, 
enormous influx of technical assistance from outside. Um, certainly they did use technical assistance, but they used it very caref- carefully and very sparingly. What would you recommend the international community do to assist Fragile State in their building efforts? I think over the years we've seen a huge range of different responses. Uh, the humanitarian community um, sees the immense suffering and, and loss of life or injuries that come as a result of a, a disaster or a failure of, of the state to manage, particularly health and education sectors, and they respond through humanitarian assistance. And then in some cases, and especially when security breaks down, we've seen security actors um, come in to try and help establish stability. In many cases, I think we've seen that when humanitarian and development actors have responded to a state failure to to crisis, sometimes their responses aren't as effective as they could be, and sometimes even they can be part of the problem. Um, We've heard recently President Martelli of Haiti really take a, do a stock taking of the response to the earthquake. And I think he's expressed his, his disappointment very publicly that the promises made didn't materialize and something went very wrong there. Can you give us an example of a fragile, previously fragile country that have actually made that transition? Certainly. We've actually looked at a range of examples. And sometimes um, those examples are today so successful that people say, oh, they were always going to succeed. But if you go back to the newspaper reports of the time, people were saying, oh, it's never going to work. And that would include South Korea. It would include Singapore. Uh, it would include Spain after Franco and so on. It includes include some countries in Latin America. So I think today we take it's easy to take success for granted. And so what we've been trying to do at the Institute for State Effectiveness is try and understand and study uh, what it was in those transitions, in those transformations that policymakers got right. How did they move from conflict to peace? How did they move from poverty to prosperity, from instability to stability? And we don't think that there's a magic formula. There's certainly not a cookie-cutter approach, but there is a set of commonalities in the way that policymakers, leaders, and their citizens approach the challenge to get it right. And this was Claire Lockhart of the Institute of State Effectiveness speaking on how to fix failed states. And to hear more podcasts, log on to www.imf.org slash podcasts.